Crime Scene and Cupcakes is an independent podcast created in the Anchor app, funded mainly through advertising. The podcast often has coarse language and disturbing content. Please listen wisely. Hey guys, it's Marianne, Dog Mom Baker, True Crime Podcast Maker, and guys haven't heard from me for a while. It has been an eventful holidays and ups and downs with illnesses and heart issues and a multitude of a lot of other things, but also some amazing news that I want to share with you. And it's, this is just an incredible story. It is something that was ripped right out of one of your favorite true crime series, a movie, I I can't even say what else. And I am so excited to share this case with you. Not only that, I get to share it and this story with the person who has come on this case with me. It is a person I met through the Uncovered community And you guys hear me talk about it a lot. The Uncovered Community is a website where true crime citizen detectives can come together and research cold cases, missing, the murdered, and lots of other cases that have been lingering without answers. And it's lots of other community members from all over the United States, and amazingly, some people outside of the United States, but these cases are inside the United States. And it's not only that, it's where you, as the citizens, can submit cases with evidence, of course, onto the website where people can look at it and help one another. And help one another, somebody stepped up and did. This person is amazing. He is from Indianapolis, and he, he has made his commitment, and I'm so excited for you, you guys to hear this story, but he became inspired from a true crime podcast, and he has made it his commitment now to try to help find the missing. His name is Paul Webb, and I'm going to be introducing him in a bit, and we sat down and we shared a little bit. But I, as you guys know, I have been trying so hard. Um, Annette Lawless had done a news story and an article on August 25th of 2022 about Fasika Tidell. He left Orlando, Florida to visit his family here in Wichita, Kansas on 4-12 of 2022. And his family noticed the GPS on his car stopped moving around the St. Louis area on 416 of 2022. Now, the initial reports from Annette Lawless were that his car had been sideswiped by another vehicle. And that's what the family thought. So I'm going to share a little bit with you from that article. So that article back then was talking about how the family was searching for Fasica. And it was so hard because, you know, they were going through these different states and these different law enforcement communities, but also 
they had a language barrier because they had immigrated from Ethiopia. And so this family was really struggling and they had to even call in the NAACP, Larry Burke with the NAACP to help them. And it, it it's just been an incredible story and it captured my attention, my heart, and my soul just listening to this family struggle. And so I reached out to the towing company and yes, I know I've been annoying them with multiple messages and the Missouri Highway Patrol because I just wanted to know. The missing poster was the first one I had seen was odd to say the least. It was misspelled, it had a town that didn't exist and it didn't look like the normal missing posters I'd ever seen. In fact, somebody on Twitter had actually challenged me about it. But it had the name of a Missouri missing persons chapter at the bottom. So I was like, I think this is a correct, you know, this is correct. But it wasn't. This was not even a right place. So this mystery kept getting more bizarre. Now, Fasika's belongings were in his car, but the towing company had the car. And when they went to drop Fasika off at this gas station after the accident, now again, we're, we're going to go back. So Fasika, when the GPS had stopped in this area outside of St. Louis, we have now found out Fasika had actually attended some museums in that area. And we're, we're going to go through this when we talk to Paul. But he had attended some museums and some clubs. And he wasn't sideswiped by another vehicle. He'd actually fallen asleep at the wheel and he had hit a concrete barrier. Now, this amazing information we found out was from another true crime YouTuber. And that's Arctic Fox. Arctic Fox has some amazing resources within the law enforcement community. So again... This is Uncovered. This is Arctic Fox. This is so many groups. Annette Lawless with Cake. This is all of these groups coming together. This is what the true crime community is about. And this is what we are supposed to be like. Not doxing innocent people. Not exposing people who shouldn't be exposed. Not trashing law enforcement, but all working together for one common good. So I have been so inspired by all of this. It has been so incredible. So I just wanted to share a little bit about that before we went into this interview with Paul Webb. And again, it just, as you guys know, I had some bad experiences with other organizations and other people who said, hey, yeah, definitely, we'll come assist you. We'll go out and we'll look for this person, especially in the case of Kendra Batello, which was also on our podcast about Fasika Tatel back on August 28th of 2022. Kendra Batello is still missing. We haven't been able to get any information from the Enid Police Department in Oklahoma. We don't have any information. We were told she may be in the Wichita, Kansas area. She is a missing indigenous woman, and we have no information there. But, so on August 28th, 2022, when I started reaching out to the towing company, when I started reaching out to all of these people to get some information, but I was sharing Fasika's 
missing information over and over and over again. And it struck the curiosity of one uncovered member, Paul Webb. And Paul reached out to me as he was driving and he's going to share his story. And he had told me, hey, would you mind if I stopped by the towing company? And I will tell you, I was skeptical as we're gonna hear in the story. And I will learn never to be skeptical of Paul Webb. I can be skeptical of a lot of things, but Paul, Paul is an amazing human being and you guys are gonna love this story so I am so happy to share this story with Paul and the Uncovered community. So stay tuned and enjoy. Okay, so before we go into this any further, I want to advise you guys of a couple of things. First of all, the audio is pretty shaky. Um, we were having some internet issues as we were trying to communicate not sure if it was on Paul's end or if it was on mine. So our audio is a little rough and we were communicating with each other from a distance. And so please bear with the audio and trust me, it's worth it. Paul is an amazing storyteller. I have gone back and listened to this as I've been editing several times and he's just an amazing storyteller. So you guys don't want to miss this. Also, I just want to give a shout out again to my podcast family. They have been incredible. And if you guys have not checked out um, with Cocktail Cupcakes, we now have our amazing networking menu. And I just want to give a shout out and remind you guys about that. And just wanted to have you guys check out our social media. We're going to go over that again at the end, but I just wanted to say hey to all of my favorite podcasting group because I didn't have a trailer at the beginning of this one. And I just want to remind you guys still here, still love all of you. And here we go. Let's hear what Paul had to share with this amazing story. I'm going to introduce you guys to my amazing hero, who brought me so much information on the Fasica Tadell case. Paul first came to me and said he was going to St. Louis to find out stuff on Fasica's case. You know what I thought. Yeah, right. But when Paul called me from the road and said he was outside St. Louis, I about died. You know me, I was going to say something else, but I won't say it on this podcast because there's some nice people who listen, but okay. Now, I'm going to let Paul take it from here. Paul, introduce yourself and tell everybody how we got this started. What made you decide to take over and actually go to St. Louis? Um, well, hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Um, I was on my way back from Colorado Springs, and uh, Marianne had helped me with a case that, uh, that I was working on. Uh, trying to find a missing girl that's been gone for 10 years. And it was my first one where I'd really reached out to a family and said, hey, here's what I want to do. I think I can help you guys at least to hang up some posters, maybe go do a search. And uh, ran some things past Marianne because of her, her uh, background. And so I needed to pay back the favor, basically. As I'm driving driving back from St. Louis, or uh, through St. Louis, I, 
I figured this was a good time to do it. So I let her know, uh, I think I was passing just above Wichita and, uh, and let her know, hey, I'll be there in about five hours or so. If you want my help, I'd be happy to stop and talk to anybody, get some pictures for you because, you know, my, my background, I love doing photography. And I had originally got into all of this thinking, you know what, I'd, I'd like to do a crime scene uh, or crime area photography um, because it's my passion. And, and I did a little bit of it this summer, but, but uh, this was, this was a, a chance for me to actually get in and talk to somebody if, if Marianne even believed me or, or would let me. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I, I was skeptical. I didn't know if that skepticism actually came across, but I, well, I was I thought, absolutely shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you would be crazy to not be skeptical. Let's let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of wild people out here, especially for, for people like us that are drawn to this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and what was so amazing, and this is where this story just really goes just off the rails. And you guys who listen to my podcast know how I am. So for me, I, okay, to be honest, I'm easily excited. And when I get all happy about cases anyways, but not only did Paul go there, but Paul, Paul is, was able to charm the pants off the people. And Paul got so much information. Paul did more within 30 minutes than I have done in three years. So, Paul, what were you able to get done? <laughs> well, um, uh, first of all, the pulling up to the to the towing company, the, the, the first thing is you've got to get out of the car as soon as you pull up, because if not, you're going to sit there and worry about it, <laughs> nervous. So as soon as I pulled up, I grabbed my stuff and I opened the door. And I said, go, boy, go. So I did. Um, walked, up, <laughs> walked up to the counter and, and just introduced myself. I, I said, hey, my name is Paul. I am helping in an investigation. I'm not the FBI. And, and kind of let the guy laugh. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, there was a, a missing man. Uh, here's his picture um, uh, that we're looking for. Oh, yes, we've, we've heard about him. Uh, the, this lady, uh, <laughs> this lady's been contacting us quite a bit. So, uh, so he apologized. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't know what to tell her. Uh, and it's been crazy. So I haven't gotten back with her. I said, don't worry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help her out, and I'll let her know that you and I talked. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so we, uh, I, I said, anything that you can give me that would help me to understand what happened with him that day that your tow truck driver picked him up and dropped him off. Um, and he says, yeah, absolutely. Let me just go pull up the file. Why don't you pull up a chair uh, and, and sit out here in the hallway, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk while we'll look it up. I said, no problem. Let's do that. So I, I had my notepad out, and and he's just looking up the information. It's it's pretty tough um, because it's it's something he's he's got to look back in the system. He's not used to it. He's 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 nervous because I'm talking to him as well. Um, but he, he genuinely wants to help. He says, you know, this I've got nothing to hide here. You know, we just were called on this and we we did our job. 
I said, don't worry, man. It's it's not a problem. But uh, and I I let him <clears throat> him do his thing uh, without me interrupting him, and that was that was really important. I, I just answered his questions so that he could find the information, and he pulled it up. I'm like, God, yes, this is so cool. And my heart's throbbing. <laughs> but he pulled up. The information and and uh, he's like, "Is this the guy?" And I uh, peek around, and sure enough, there's Fasica sitting in the uh, in the truck with the tow truck driver. And I'm like, "That sure looks like our guy." So we we compared notes on the date and the time and everything, and it, it matched up perfectly. So we, well, we got all and, the information. And that's and not to cut in, but that was what was so incredible is when you told me you saw him that just blew my mind because nobody had seen him and you had actually got to see Fasika. yes well the the thing was uh, the picture he showed me he had the goatee and glasses on the the picture in the missing poster that you had uh he didn't have any of that but you know the skin color was the same the the facial structure i was like this has to be our guy um, plus, I'm not sure how many Pasikas are out there in St. Louis, but uh, <laughs> it, it sure enough, uh, it, it, it was definitely him. So for those of you, one of the most important things Paul did is he let the gentleman from the towing company guide the conversation. So that was just Absolutely. astounding and amazing skills there, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was the hardest part, but I knew that's what I needed to do. Silence will give you more information than a question will. People innately want to feel the silence. So the best thing you can always do is not talk. People want to feel that's that. Exactly right. So everybody knows if, if you listen to the Fasica podcast and you see my social media, my biggest question has been since August, where did they drop Fasica off? Because one of my problems has been is where the towing company is. From my understanding, the towing company is in a pretty busy part of town, was it not? It was on the edge of town. But it wasn't I, located I, I by businesses. Uh, yes, um, it's because kind of like, yeah, yeah I, I was just saying it's it's like an industrial strip area, so you've got. Uh, you've got a bunch of businesses, and they're like the um, the prefab businesses with big roll-up doors, that kind of area. So this was okay. back at quite a place. Interesting. Um, because uh, one of the things, uh, how is the towing company related? Because, sorry, I'm going to back up for a minute. One of my biggest questions has always been, I just wanted to find out where they dropped Fasika off at because nobody really knew except for law enforcement because we were trying to find out and the family was trying to find out so we could put missing posters where Fasika was dropped off at. And lo and behold, Paul found out where Fasika was dropped off to. So where was... How far in relation to where the towing company is was Fasica dropped off? Eight miles. Did you pass any other gas stations along the way? 
I did. In fact, there's one right outside of the the towing company, which is where I pulled over to call you like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I found out the information. <laughs> so, did they happen to mention, did Basika request to be dropped off at that particular gas station? Or why was that gas station, which was literally in the middle of nowhere, that Pasika was dropped off at? That I did not find out. That would have been a great question. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but I, I don't think they would have answered you. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the. It would have been in the notes either. Um, unless, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is very strange. Right, right, and we're, we're going to kind of follow my bunny trail, because it, it's, that was one thing I was wanting to know, is if there was a gas station nearby, um, and, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you, his belongings were still in the car, essentially, um, he didn't have a working phone, and then Paul tracked Fasika, and then Paul who is very excited about this information, calls me. And, okay, so, Paul, you're telling me you went to the towing company to pay back a favor, but you took it another step further. <laughs> so what did you do after you found out where Fasika was dropped off at? Well, I immediately called you and, and, and let you know. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted to go check this place out for myself. I mean, if if we're rolling with some good luck, let's keep it going. Let's let's pull the pull the lever and get some lucky sevens here. So sure enough, I, I it was only seven seven or eight miles away. I drove right there and pulled right into the gas station, and it just it just matched uh, exactly what they told me that they he was dropped off at. So yeah, there was no question. This was it when I pulled in the parking lot. And so immediately, <clears throat> immediately I went and scoped it out. Uh, there was several, uh, several angles I got pictures of. And the, the thing that, that really caught my eye was, was on the side of the, the gas station, this small wooded area. Yeah, which definitely caught, I mean, the pictures are amazing. And I wanted to wait until we actually spoke to Paul before I posted anything. Um, but we are going to share the pictures and um, the information that Paul shared with us um, because we want the community to see this. So if anybody lives within the community, um, we want you guys to be on the lookout to share any information. We want you guys to, you know, if you saw anything within that period of time, within the day, now that we have the information, and we know where he was dropped off at. We know where he might be. We can now reach out to the community and anybody within that area, anybody who was visiting within that area, we will have pictures. If it seems to spark any type of reminder for anyone, we can now reach out to the community, which is all we've been wanting to do since August. We can do that, which is great. but. Speaking of, I don't know, remember, 
I, I'm not a gambler. Did we roll sevens? Did we pull sevens? What did we do with those sevens, Paul? <laughs> but you were able to get so much more information. So let's just keep this going. What else did you find out? <laughs> Tell us oh, about right. this amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> so after I got out and I, I was taking the tour of the whole place, uh, you know, people are staring at me as I'm taking pictures in the dark of this gas station. And then I'm like, all right, it's it's time to, to walk in there and, and roll the dice, see who I can talk to. I mean, this is what, uh, seven o'clock on a Friday night. Uh, the cashiers New are Year. busy. They're... Yes, yes. Uh, the Friday night uh, before New Year's. So, I mean, things are, things are happening. Uh, people are busy. I'm like, I'm not even going to get anybody that knows anything about anything. Well, I was wrong because I pulled out my, my phone and I, I showed the picture and said, I'm, I'm looking for a missing guy. This is it. Uh, he was supposedly dropped off here. The girl looks at it and she's like, I, I don't think I, I know anything about this. And as she's speaking, the other the other cashier runs over, leaves the, the person that she's working with at the cashier register, runs over and is like, I know everything about this. Let me tell you. So uh, so I waited over patiently to the side until she could come out and, and talk to me. And she, she actually ended up. Okay, we're going to stop for just a minute. I want to interject. God bless all of those cashiers all of those attendants, all of those people who are willing to stop and share all of that information for any person who is willing to ask questions in a missing person case. Guys, you're not gonna get in trouble for sharing information about a missing person. We will keep your information safe. We will protect your identity. But any information that you share could save somebody's life. It could help family. So bless you people. All the positive vibes from the universe. All of this, all I can say is this person who gave Paul this information, you are an amazing human by paying it forward and giving us this information so that we can possibly help a family. So. Paul, sorry about that, but I just wanted to say thank you, you wonderful human. All right, and so Paul is sharing with us the amazing story when he walked into the convenience store. Again, guys, we got to think of an amazing nickname for Paul because he is probably one of the best investigators I've worked with by far so far. So. Paul, I'll let you go ahead and finish your story at the convenience store. So I, I, I patiently waited for this cashier to take care of her, her things. And then she just let me know how when the police had come and done their investigation, uh, she was very in tune to what was going on around here, which, which I commended her. I said, very good job on that. Uh, she deserves some good commendation on it. The... Uh, the thing was, there was a lot of a lot of going on, and she wanted to make sure that you know she and her family were safe. Obviously, she was interested, but she's also worried. You know, this is a thing in her in her community, and she wants to be involved. And I think anybody that that uh, does something like this needs to be worried about their community for 
for good reason. As, uh, but um, so we we talked about all the things that happened with the police, uh, with a mystery man. That I don't know if you want me to bring that up now. Yes, I want to talk about this mystery man because I think it's important to get this guy out there in case anybody knows about him. Yeah, yeah. Strange character. Uh, this mystery man had made up a missing persons poster before the police became involved in, in the situation, or before they visited the gas station. How did he get that missing person poster? How did he know uh, who Fasika was? Uh, these are questions that, that we have and that we have no answers to. The, the gentleman was uh, disheveled, to say the least. Uh, had poor grammar on his missing persons poster. In fact, the, the gas station took it down because it was so bad. After after a while, they were they were embarrassed by it, which having having seen it now, I understand. <laughs> but um, they were they were very wary of this gentleman, and I believe they have good reason to be. Uh, she she goes, uh, um, you you look normal. This this guy did not. Something really set me off about him. I said, well, good good keeping an eye out, good trusting your senses there. So, uh, no idea who she, or who this gentleman was, uh, just a general description of, of, of what he looked like and, and how no one trusted him. So, there's this, this mystery man that inserted himself into the investigation before the police were there to search. And that's, that's a big target of, of what we need to find out in here. Yeah, and we had talked in our very first podcast um, when Fasika's family had gone to Missouri to file a missing persons report. Somebody had filed a missing persons report, and that's always been a point of confusion, even at the police department trying to figure out who filed this missing persons report. It's it's something that Fasika's family... Um, for those of you who may be unaware of the Ethiopian culture, it's a very stoic culture, but it's a very grateful culture where they're always just, you know, put it out in the community, just thank whoever is, whoever does it, that's okay. So their thought was somebody did it, that's fine, we'll just move forward. But uh, as I've always discussed, mm, no, you know, sometimes the person who does that might be involved. That's that's not always a good thing. Um, so we've always been suspect of where this missing persons report came from, um, especially now that we found out that Fasika had frequented a club before he went missing. That has now taken on a life of its own of concern. Um, so you definitely getting this information about this individual and we will have that missing poster in case because there's a lot of color in that missing poster a lot of black ink that was used so i i really want to get that out there in case somebody in the missouri area may have come across it he may have dropped it off at somebody else's store Somebody else may have seen him. Somebody may have CCTV that may have him on it. Um, we would really be interested. I know the Missouri Highway Patrol and the other departments looking into his case would be interested in it. So 
we're going to have that information out there on our social media as well. So thank you for sharing that, Paul. So uh, the next thing we, we got onto was the fact that the police had come there and they did a physical search of that wooded area that set off my, my noggin when I pulled in the gas station parking lot. Um, so and they did bring dogs in. They did. Okay. They did. Yep. And what kind of dogs, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yes. But now I know to ask that question. Block your uh, pointy. <laughs> block your pointy ear. Yeah. So, so uh, she let me know that the the police had come in with a, a whole team. They did a search. There was a white family outside the gas station that they were were speaking with. Uh, they would come into the the gas station, ask some questions, and and do the search, and they would come back and talk to them. So that was that was very interesting um, because Zika is definitely not, uh, and it adds an extra layer of who are these people to this yeah. this conversation. Uh, but she also brought up uh, that they did find something in the woods. Now she wasn't able to elaborate on what that was, but that's when they brought in the dogs, and they were not able to track down Fazika's scent from that point. Um, but they did find something, but that's all she knows. Uh, the, the other spot that they searched was just a little ways away from the, in, in like a, a residential area near the water uh, for uh, St. Louis. Um, they, they thought they had found something out there as well, but they were even less descriptive on, on what that was. Uh, the, they chased down the idea that he had committed suicide because a lot of people come and jump off the bridge there, which I actually ended up driving out over the bridge when I left the gas station. And yeah, it would it would definitely kill you jumping off of that. Um, but apparently that's a, that's a big thing. And so they were looking and found something about a half a mile behind these houses toward the river. Um, and that's that's the the major chunk of of what she knew and, and what I could get out of the conversation. And and how did you feel after you left there? Did you feel like there were some positive things to go back to, or how oh, did yeah. how did? Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. first of all, uh, first of all, my my feeling was. Did I just question people in an investigation? <laughs> what, who, who am I now? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hey, my yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like texting my sister and she's like, what are you doing, Paul? <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's so wild for uh, for this to be an occurrence and to, to hit such good ground running. I'm like, oh my goodness, maybe, maybe I found a uh, call in here. But um, my thought was, let's go back. Let's search that woods ourselves with exactly. some proper dogs and a Marianne who knows what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's something, and, and that's something that um, I had actually discussed with Uncovered. Um, and that's something that I actually want to remind the community when there is a missing person. Those periods of time are so important 
and the police are definitely out there and they're doing stuff, but civilians can go out there and interact with the community. And Paul, you have done some amazing things. That's what search teams do. That, that is definitely an allowable source. And civilians every day are making a difference. And you are a shining example of how that can happen and how those things are get done. So can you share a little bit about your past and what you have been able to do? Yeah, and absolutely. what you're doing now. Um, okay, uh, so what what led me to this, uh, to, yeah. to joining this? I mean, because people are, are like, what are you doing? You're not an investigator. You're, you're not trained. You don't have credentials. I'm like, no, but I, I, I've got an interest. So um, I, I had to listen to a few podcasts uh, over this past year. And, and one of the things that one of the podcast uh, ladies had said was, Hey, don't just view uh, this uh, people's real life stories. Don't just view it as entertainment. Do something about it. If you can go out and help a family, do it. If you can, if you can jump into a search, go for it. If you can, if you can donate money towards something that will help them in their search, let's let's make this happen. So that was when uh, I was looking for an opportunity because I was like, wow, I could I could really do that. Um, this summer, uh, July July Fourth week, there was a missing gentleman in Indianapolis, uh, and so it was it wasn't just him, but his three children, uh, ages ten, five, and two, and they were all four of them gone. Uh, the family was having no luck with law enforcement uh, looking for this guy because. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A person couldn't go missing if he wants to, and the, they didn't. They didn't really do much of a search. I think they did a quick search of the area that the family said he was supposed to have been last, um, where he said he was going, but they did not do a thorough search. So the family says, "Hey, uh, radio stations, TV stations, we are going to go do a search. If anybody wants to help us, jump in." Come meet us here at five o'clock at Bluff and Troy, and we're going to search around this lake where he was supposed to go fishing with the family. And so after work, I rode the motorcycle over there. I pulled up, and I am pretty sure I was the the only volunteer that actually did show up for this. Um, which, as you know, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there in true crime community. Everybody knows that's usually your number one suspect, but but I swear I didn't do it. <laughs> 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 but I, I might as well go ahead and acknowledge that right now. Um, but uh, so I, I jumped off the bike and, and went up to the people that I, I recognized from the uh, the news footage uh, interviews. Um, and I, I said, OK, here I am. I want to help in the search. What can I do? And so I, I went from from the point, uh, the direction that they pointed me in. And sure enough, uh, 20 minutes later, I hear a scream and it's. Is the kind of scream that you know what it means. It, there's only one reason for that kind of scream, and so I I take off running, and uh, you know I'm I'm wearing my steel toes, but I'm I'm hauling butt across the field, <laughs> and uh, sure enough, uh, they I have them take me back to the edge of the water, and there was their family member, 
that I that we were all looking for. Um, so that was that was my first experience, and it hit me really hard because here we were, the citizens, the family, and and uh, I think a couple childhood friends were the people that I was with there uh, that took me up to the water. They were the ones to find their their family dead, and 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 seeing the seeing the dad, you knew the kids were gone immediately. I watched everybody as they poured in to the to the water area. They they just broke, and it was it was one of the most tragic things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that motivated me, seeing that these people needed help and they didn't get the help that they deserved, and and despite their best efforts to try to get that help, I realized that I was not only good at this, but I could I could duplicate my efforts and, and help lead in situations like this because family members are not in an emotional position to lead. They are not uh, prepared to lead. Uh, they need someone who can really take the reins and, and set up base and go. So that is how I got started and I began to look for opportunities. I began to put myself out there and study as much as I could from uh, uh, John Walsh's uh, organization and from from everywhere else that I could find, FBI materials, uh, Homeland materials, everything, and and sure enough, it's it's led me to a really good understanding of, of best practices as far as I can understand, and it's something that I really want to do to be able to help people out. That's incredible. That is an incredible story, and that is I I don't know who that podcast was, but. That is something that we definitely say every day. Something that I always tell people, even if you don't have the time, you can make a difference in every case just by sharing that missing poster. Just by putting those missing posters up. Just by sharing that cold case. If you can't do anything else, at least do that. I, I can't thank you enough. Those of us who have been on both sides of the community. It, it's incredible and it is so inspiring to hear something like that. It's, it, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, one recommendation I would like to say, if you haven't gone through one of the Klaus's trainings, I recommend it. Yeah, the, the, the things that you've sent me, I definitely want to do. Because if you're, if you're continuing to improve yourself in, in this trade or your, your, your interests, you're only going to get better and be of more service and value. And, and I, I tell you, after your first time actually jumping in and seeing the face of a family member, you don't see true crime the same way ever again. Absolutely. Now, you have taken it from the next level of just um, doing the searches and now talking and getting yeah. out there and asking the questions and you know you're 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 beating the shoe level leather out there and it, it's just it, it's it's like what i was saying during that uncovered happy hour this or i even said during my post this is what i always visualize a true crime community being not the cyber sleuthing and those negative podcasts, which they hear me call them out. All of you out there, you hear me. You see my TikToks. Um, but this is what it is. 
is community members coming together, working together, not saying this is my case or this is my case. This is all of our cases. Working together, helping one another, and finding the answers for the families. And you're an inspiration. So I, oh, I hope to have you. you on a podcast again. I think you would just be yeah. awesome to hear your stories and talk about more missing people. Get the word out there about these cases. That's the biggest thing, right? Is, is yeah. just, just get the information in front of people's faces. They just need to know. Keep an eye out. I was talking to another podcaster about this. Is some of the cases that really frustrate me that I see people not pay attention to is if they've had a rougher past. If they maybe not had the ideal past, if there has been, you know, some addiction or some other issues, you know, people have had issues and they feel like, okay, well, so they've had these issues and they go missing. Oh, well, they've probably just slipped up and they've had this or they're homeless or want to say kudos for taking those cases and saying, no, these lives all matter. They all need to be found. So it makes me so angry when people say, no, just these cases are the ones we're going to share. We need to share everybody's story and everybody's case. And it just, it, it really, I love the fact that every case, every project, everybody gets shared. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. This is awesome. And, uh, and, and I, mean, I look forward to doing this some more. Yeah. Well, you're helping me live a dream of, of being <laughs> Columbo, Matlock, Magnum P.I., all the guys I grew up with. Like you're using all the old ones I actually know. I don't know all these new people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do like some of the new guys, too. Uh, you know, you're, you're Patrick Jane and Sean Spencer and guys like that. I don't know any of yeah, them. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this. We want you guys to continue to follow us, continue to listen for the Fasica Tadell case, because we know there are going to be more answers. We are going to have continued developments. Don't forget to also follow Arctic Fox. He is doing a great job of also covering the Fasica case. He is outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and also, I want you guys if you are not a member of the uncovered community it is an amazing community to be a part of we do a lot when it comes to the cold cases if there is a cold case that is not on there you can put it on there you can contribute it and then there will be people who will pick it up they will try to find information and we can share it and we can try to find those answers and then you might have the amazing paul go search answers for it and it would be really cool <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening and listen for updates in the future thank paul webb again for being a guest on our crime scene and cupcakes podcast and also for going above and beyond going out to the st louis area and helping us track down information on the case of Fasica Tadell. Nothing would ever happen in any of these missing person cases and cold cases if it wasn't for these citizen detectives who are willing to go above and beyond 
every day. I know in this podcast, it sounds like I am just gushing over Paul, but it just really struck me by surprise that somebody was willing to do this after being promised by so many people to go and do things like this. As you guys know, we have had some issues and we have had some different scheduling conflicts, so I hadn't been able to get out there myself. And for Paul to be willing to take the reins and go do this was absolutely incredible. Just as a reminder, the last place that we know for sure Fasica Tadell was dropped off at was a mobile gas station that was called On The Run at 2311 Upper Bottom, St. Charles, Missouri. The zip code 63303. The parking lot was facing a really wooded area. The state police have been searching the area. They have been searching with dogs. We're going to have pictures. We're also going to share that really bizarre and kind of sketchy looking missing poster. If you guys have seen it in your local area, not online, because I have shared it online several times, but if you've seen it hanging somewhere, or if you've seen the person who might be hanging or sharing that missing poster, please share that information. Um, you can come to our DMs or please share it with the local Missouri Police Department and we will have that information available on our social media. Again, we would like to thank Uncovered for bringing us in contact with Paul Webb. We never would have found him without the community of Uncovered. We would also like to thank Arctic Fox YouTube. If it wasn't for Arctic Fox, we would not have found out some of the information that has since been found out in the Fasica Tadell case. And Arctic Fox, you guys definitely need to give that channel a like and subscribe. Arctic Fox does be above and beyond trying to find information in missing persons cases. Also, I wanna give a shout out to a couple of podcasts that I am a guest on, that I will be a guest on in the upcoming months. One of them is True, true, excuse me, Megan, True Crime Declassified with Megan Lepton. I had a wonderful time visiting with her and getting to talk a little bit about my past and how I have come to be with true crime and how I feel about the true crime movement and where I see true crime going. Also, another person who I think you guys see me share my stuff about her as well and she has a special cupcake on her menu, and that is Deb with Dying to be Found. She has the Dying to be Loved chocolate, Guinness chocolate cupcake. She is an absolutely amazing true crime warrior. She is an incredible person, and we had a great time discussing an amazing case, which I will allow her to share, but Look for me on one of her upcoming true crime episodes. So again, we are still looking for answers in Krista Martin's case. 
I have not given up trying. I will never give up trying until my dying breath to find answers and to get justice for Krista. Krista was murdered on October 1st of 1989. She had had an altercation with two gentlemen about two weeks previous to that. We have been trying to get a FOIA from the Wichita Police Department. We have been unsuccessful with that. Uh, the Wichita Police Department has had a website where you can look up cold cases. We've had difficulty being able to get on that website recently. I'm not sure if they're having issues. There is a new chief of police in Wichita, Kansas by the name of Joe Sullivan. We are really hoping we could have a sit down. We would love to introduce our listeners to the new chief of police. Uh, we've tried to send a few messages. We're hoping we can actually do an interview with the new chief, chief of police because there is nothing more important than maintaining positive relationships with our law enforcement and the true crime community. We know that's how you get things done. As we've seen with Sergeant Matt Lynch, it has been amazing how we've been able to share those cases. And Sergeant Matt Lynch is with the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office. Another shout out I would love to say is with our Garden City Police Department. Garden City is not that close to Wichita, Kansas, but the Garden City Police Department, um, they are incredible at making sure that they share cold cases, that they keep that information out there, and they are awesome. Another law enforcement agency that I just always love to see on social media is the Lawrence, Kansas Police Department. They are so active in making sure that they post information, they try to keep everything up to date, and they try to keep the community involved. That is so important. I have actually had conversations with officers from, I mean, they've called me when I've had a question. That is an incredible exchange between police departments and the true crime community. When there was a body that was found, I immediately alerted them about Fasika Tadell missing, and they did not poo-poo that phone call. They took the information and they were extremely active. That is what we wanna see from law enforcement, and that is positive law enforcement, people. That's awesome, and that's what we wanna see, and we want to see more of that. So you wanna call out those amazing officers awesome job. It was National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day yesterday, and I wanted to make sure, you know, there is so many negative things about law enforcement in the media, but there are some amazing officers doing amazing work every day, and we want to make sure we acknowledge those officers who are doing positive things in our community, and so I just wanted to make sure I got on here. And I did that. So good job, guys. I, I really want to keep those positive lines of communication open. So thank you so much for that. Because I think by doing that, hopefully we can get people calling into those tip lines and we can encourage them to do so. And we can help you guys get some active cases closed, some cold cases closed, and we can get something done. So thank you so much for that. And maybe 
someday we can get some answers for Krista and Mary Crepper and some of these other cold cases in our community. Again, a big thank you to Paul and everyone else who is able to just do so much in the community. And I would love to get a shout out to one of my diehard fans. She's always so amazing on our social media. She brightens my day every time I get a get a message from her. I, I'm not going to use her real name because I haven't had permission to do that. But she goes by Reaping Woman on my social media. And she has had some huge news happen in her personal life. Her family was a victim of a serial killer, and they had some huge news in regards to that case. I don't think it's my place to share that story at this time, but she is an amazing woman. She is an amazing fighter, and she inspires me every day. So I wanted to give her a shout out. I don't think I've ever personally given her a shout out on my podcast but I do see her and she inspires me. And I just wanted to do that on this podcast because this podcast, I'm able to actually share some amazing advancements in a case. And she has worked so hard. So I wanted to do that. So I really believe this year is going to be a year for change. This is going to be a year where we get positive information I've had a hard time. There has been certain things on certain groups and other websites I'm involved in in the true crime community where I get disheartened because it seems like people only want to share the negatives and it seems like nothing but negative comments and Everything in the world is going to crash and burn and no case is ever going to be solved. And any of you who know me know I come from a very different place. And you would figure from my background, I would be quite the opposite. And I would see things from a very negative space. But I refuse to believe that. Because I have seen people like Raping Woman and cryptic soup pod and true crime bnb and crime and crime again and crime and coffee and that's not good and nocturnal distractions and dark tales from the road and creme de la crime i have seen these amazing podcasters big mad true crime and they are fighting for the victims. Method and madness. These podcasters are out there fighting for these victims and fighting for their families. There are some very good podcasters out there coming from a place of kindness and love and they are writing petitions and I don't know if she's going to be angry about me from using her name or not but Katrina Marshall who is fighting for her aunt every day they inspire me, and I hope to grow from what I learn from them. So when I find myself just seeing the negativity of what some of these people post, and they 
are on the sites where I try to gain research and understanding and then I find myself seeing what they put, it is so hard not to see that and get drawn into a spiral, especially when you have, you've been fighting for over 30 years and I know they've been fighting for just as long as well and you want to give up and get drawn into the whirlpool of negativity. But then you guys, you positive fighters are my lifeline. And I will continue to hold on to you and allow you to pull me up and pull me forward because I know we will get justice. And I know we will get forward because there are people, there are new people who do hear these podcasts and they want to help like Paul Webb. And that is my inspiration. So thank you all, because we will get justice for these victims. Stay safe.